National Police Week is celebrated every May, usually between the second and third week of the month. It's a time to remember the fallen officers that have made the ultimate sacrifice and service to both their communities and their country. During commemoration ceremonies that are held each year during Police Week, members of law enforcement, their families, and their communities gather at locally held services to remember their fallen, whose names are read aloud one at a time from a list. This year, just like so many years before, there will be one name called out for the Buffalo Field Office. Customs Inspector Orville A. Prewster, from the Office of Field Operations Legacy Agency, the U.S. Customs Service. Inspector Prewster was murdered when a bomb wired to his car's ignition exploded, killing him instantly. It was a Sunday afternoon, just after 3 o'clock, on March 1, 1925, when Orville A. Prewster walked out of his home on 10th Street in Niagara Falls, New York, accompanied by his friend, Elmer Whitaker. Elmer was heading home, but first, Prewster's car, which was blocking his, would need to be moved. Elmer offered to move Prewster's car for him, but Prewster insisted he do it. He knew Elmer wouldn't be familiar enough with the car's controls. So Prewster climbed into the driver's seat of his 1920s Moon sedan, and just as Whitaker stepped up onto the passenger side running board, Prewster pressed the car's electric starter. The last sound Prewster would have heard was the whirl of the starter motor as it began to crank the engine. The car then suddenly exploded in a massive ball of fire and twisted metal, instantly killing him, and sending Whitaker airborne into the side of the neighboring house. Though badly injured, Whitaker would survive. Inspector Orville Prewster was 42 years old and left behind two children. The immense force of the explosion was enough to blow out the windows of several neighboring buildings, including a church across the street. Forensic teams determined the explosion to be from a TNT bomb after pieces of the device were found embedded in the house and in the rear alleyway. It had been wired directly to the starter to explode on ignition. The ensuing investigations were vigorous and immediate, involving several federal agencies as well as local Niagara Falls Police Department. Brewster had been largely involved in numerous investigations of alcohol smuggling over the border from Canada and had done much to stop the illegal flow of liquor into the region during those early years of prohibition. To investigators, this seemed the obvious motive, and local smugglers were quickly rounded up. Among the suspects that authorities interrogated were Frank and Charles Fix, otherwise known as the Fix Brothers. They were the most well-known rum barons of the Niagara River. The brothers owned an armada of boats and had gained significant wealth and power using their fleet for excursion parties, river tours, fishing charters, private ferry service, and of course, smuggling Canadian ale and liquor. Then District Attorney William J. Donovan, who would later become head of the Office of Strategic Services, the OSS, the precursor to the CIA, caught wind of the Fix Brothers' illegal activities and led a team of federal officers, including Inspector Prewster, in a raid on one of the Fix Brother establishments. The raid came after an extensive operation in which a large amount of evidence was gathered, culminating in the indictment of the brothers and six of their henchmen. Both Fix brothers pleaded guilty in exchange for light sentences of just three months in jail and a fine. 
Another significant person of interest in the bombing was a man thought to be significantly connected to the Black Hand Society, forerunner to the Italian Mafia. His name was Joseph Sotil, and he operated a substantial illegal alcohol redistilling operation in Niagara Falls, which produced cheap raw alcohol, which was then smuggled into Canada, where it was blended with cheap scotch and smuggled back to the U.S. via Boston and New York City, where it would be sold at premium prices. This raw alcohol made by Satil was known to use toxic ingredients. It was later linked to many deaths. The name at the top of the list, however, suspect number one, the man who investigators were most eager to speak with, was Pasquale Patsy Curione, who Prewster had arrested with a load of liquor just one month prior to the bombing. Brewster and another inspector had come upon Curione as he was attempting to unload $12,000 worth of Canadian liquor along the banks of the Niagara River. Realizing he was busted, Curione pulled out $2,000 in cash and offered it to the officers to keep their mouths shut. Brewster and his partner declined the offer, and Patsy Curione was arrested for smuggling and bribery and was awaiting trial at the time of the bombing. He seemed to have the most obvious motive for killing Brewster and was the first to be summoned for questioning. Curione arrived at police headquarters in his new expensive roadster, nodding with an arrogant grin to the small crowd of reporters and nearby officers. He was questioned by the federal district attorney, the chief prohibition enforcement agent, and heads of the Department of Justice and Secret Service. Investigators were ultimately unable to gather anything useful from Curione, and he was released the same day. With the limited forensic capabilities of that time, unfruitful interviews with uncooperative criminals, the heat of the investigation eventually fizzled out and the case went cold. No one was charged with murder, but there were no shortages of theories. Many suspected a great conspiracy involving the mafia and a highly organized plot of intimidation to eliminate officers that stood in the way of their profitable smuggling enterprise. The bomb that detonated in Prewster's car was just one of four car bombings that occurred in the Buffalo-Niagara region between 1923 and 1925. All were TNT bombs fastened to the starting mechanisms and all targeted enemies of the Niagara smuggling rings. It's been 95 years since Inspector Orville A. Prewster gave the ultimate sacrifice for the protection of his community and country. His name will continue to be called at local remembrance ceremonies during National Police Week, and he will never be forgotten. Thanks for listening. Subscribe to get new episodes as they're released. Leave a comment if you have a border-related question that you'd like us to discuss. If we can talk about it, we will.